Family, let me start by saying, my wife and I, we just celebrated our 18th anniversary, about two months ago. We are now walking towards our 19th anniversary. All right. Now, the reason I am mentioning that it's important because uh, in my marriage, one of the things that I've discovered as, a, as, as one is working their way towards seeing the 25th anniversary and the 30th anniversary and the 40th anniversary should the Lord keep us. Because the point is I must manifest. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what must happen. I must, I must go home first. That's the, that's the deal with the Lord. I must die first. I have no problem with that. What I have discovered, family, is that if you really love someone, if you really love someone, you don't want to hurt them. If you really love someone, you don't want to see someone else them. So in my marriage, my wife is not supposed to be sad. That's just there. That's just my thing. In my marriage, Umotlaza Samantha Talash is not supposed to be sad. Worse even to cry. So that is that is my marriage. So in 18 years. I saw my wife cry once, just once, and I had nothing to do with it. It was something on her part of the family, I can't tell the story, there was this furniture thing involved. Now when I saw my wife cry, which I had never seen her cry before, when I saw her cry, I made a decision that day. That nothing, that's number one, she's not allowed to cry ever. I will not be a participant in that thing. And I will not allow anybody else to participate in her eventually having to cry for whatever reason. My children know that they're not supposed to hurt her. To the extent that when they speak in a certain tone, Sometimes she just needs to keep quiet because that's when I intervene. So my oldest son is 16, the other one is 15, and they are watching right now. And Nandi is turning 13. When there is something, how, it doesn't matter how slight and small it is, they are not allowed to lift their voices at her. I don't lift my voice at her for whatever reason. So that's the first point that I wanted you to understand this one because this thing of our relationship with God, as you are going to discover today, you will realize that if we don't see ourselves as a partner in a marriage type relationship, we don't care whether we hurt him or we don't. So what I'm saying is, no man, no woman is ever allowed to mess with my wife in my presence. Now, 
you may think I am joking because you don't know me that much, but I mean that. Alright. So that is just what it is. If you are a man, there is something about, see if a man this tall comes and she messes with her, let's say in the mall. He just screams, I mean that for real. Because as far as I'm concerned, she knows that. When we are driving, did I see the Sevillas in this line? Bless you, man. Bless you. Good to see you. When we are driving, two cars at night, bless you. I drive behind him and I leave about five meters, about four meter distance in between. Now that is always strategic because I'm waiting for a fool who's going to park a car next to him and open the door. By the time I'm already driving slowly, my gears will number because I'm going to hit that door and the species behind the door, they're going to fly up in the air. I God knows that. So I'm, I'm just giving you my heart, family. I'm one of those men who believe that if you have a family, you must have a pistol that somewhere in your house. No, I, I'm being honest with you because I'm going somewhere with this. I'm one of those men, if I saw someone walk, jumping into Nandi's room, I will break your bones and then I will pray for you afterwards. Amen. So this is there to tell you the intensity in a relationship family. Sometimes I just let her walk. And when I get away, she knows that just walks and I just follow behind. You know, just, uh, just wanna see what's happening. Amen. But I want you to understand that there is a dimension in relationships. A husband and wife dynamic is so different. Amen. I, I hope you get that. So what I'm saying, Basarwane, is that when you love someone, I want you to get this. Number one, you do not end them. Number two, once you discover that something hurts them, you never do it again. Now I'm talking about in a in a in a nervous setup. Once I have discovered that when I do something, it, she doesn't approve of it. I don't need her permission. Sometimes the mistake that we are making is that we are like, yeah, not just not about that. It's about me loving her in her language, loving her in her terms. Because there's a way she wants to love. And I must learn to read the language. Because there is no point in loving her the way I think she ought to be loved. Because she won't sense it. She won't feel that she's being loved. If, in my opinion, loving her means giving a high five when I come back, or just, understand. Maybe she wants me to hug her dignities. You see, if I do that thing and do a high five, I'm loving her, I'm expressing my love. I am expressing love like our fathers did. But I'm expressing love in my language. So she won't be what I was hoping would So once I discover something in the relationship, when I go to the mall, I have to tell him, okay, I am 
10 minutes to ask me when are you coming there? I said, no, towards the morning. Now, after some time, uh, then she was like, after 45 minutes and now I'm still coming, I'm still coming, I'm pushing the trolley on the island, but now. After some time, then um, recently, I'm able to come back home as soon as I park the car. Babe, I'm here. So if I get delayed in the car, you know I spend time in the car. She always spend time in the car. I spend some time in the car before you step out. Mm. I'm here. I'm not reporting. I'm not like nothing. I'm still slow over. I'm can't be there. I'm too smart for that nonsense. But I understand relationship. So there are things that she would not appreciate that I would not continue doing. Now, if I pursue acting in the manner that anybody may before putting is offensive, not even offensive, it just makes her feel uncomfortable. I will try the best I can not to do the same. I am moving somewhere because I'm talking about our relationship so when we discuss marriages, these are the things we must talk about, family. Marriage is amazing. Marriage is powerful. Provided, of course, you are married not just to a cute face, but to a woman who stepped out of God's life. So that's the first point, family. You love someone, what does happen? You never allow them to get married. You don't do anything that will now, let's talk about our relationship with the Father. Because you and I, we are in a, a very serious relationship with our Heavenly Father. Now, if you read the scriptures, the metaphors used in the Bible, both about God the Father and God the Son, in describing our relationship with the Lord Jesus and with God the Father, the Israelites with God the Father, uh, us with the Lord Jesus. The metaphors that are used there, they give an indication that uh, we are in a marriage type relationship. Out in marriage type relationship. Uh, in Jeremiah 3, the Bible says, if a man divorces his wife and she goes from him and becomes another man's wife, Will he return to her? Would not that land be greatly uh, polluted? You have played the whole with many lovers. It's God speaking to his people. You have played the whole with many lovers. And would you return to me, declares the Lord? Lift up your eyes to the bare heights and see where have you not been ravished? By the wayside, you have set awaiting lovers. Like an Arab in the wilderness, you have polluted the land with your vile odor. Therefore, the showers have been withheld, and the spring rain has not come, yet you have the forehead of a whore. You refuse to be ashamed. That particular scripture gives us a picture depicts a relationship that is a marriage covenant type relationship. We are dealing with a God who looks at the people 
in a marriage type context and he's jealous over them with such jealousy that when something happens he uses the kind of terminology to refer to them so does God hurt family does God hurt does God feel pain here in his heart is God ever offended by anything now before we answer that question I want to address this this three fundamentals see one of our biggest problems in the church not only in the city of Devon or in the province or in this nation the church generally is that most people will relate with God at three levels out of three there's a fourth one that God is restoring which I'm going to address today but in the main there are three levels at which people generally relate with God the Father number one lot of people relate with God as a business partner so they have the kind of relationship with God that relationship is, is void of love it's transactional I'm gonna come to that just to explain to you about three minutes number two there are people who relate with God as a consultant God is a consultant there is no love there because they, they seek God's expertise in an area once that expertise is uh, you know God has done that then the relationship is over because they only wanted God just they just consulted him on the particular issue but he's not allowed in anything else there are people who relate with God as if he was their spiritual messiah you know the people who massage massage messiahs it's, it's a difficult word it's a French word but I'm going to come back to that let's talk about God as a business partner just for about five minutes before I move on now in that relationship it is so professional it is so transactional in actual fact if you are if you look at God and you see him as a business partner you may not say that but the nature of the relationship when you look at it it is a business partner type relationship in this relationship it is based on exchange and trading that's what it's about it's exchange and trading it's more about what I can get from God as opposed to what you can give or surrender for his sake it's about getting the most you can get from God in exchange for as little as possible on your part let me repeat that it is about getting the most you can get from God in exchange for as little as possible on your part. This relationship really is about profit. How can I profit in their relationship? In, in business, one of the most crucial statements is what's in it for me? When you are crafting a deal, the fundamental question is what is it for me that's a business type relationship it is based on benefits 
It is based on balancing of your books. It is, uh, it is about looking after your interests. That is how some people relate with God today. It is a sad relationship because it is bereft of love. There is no love. There is nothing. You can do something. You can just go somewhere and do something. You don't even care how he feels. He's just a business partner. All I care about is how I feel. As long as I benefit, as long as my interests are advanced, that's it. God is a consultant. A consultant, as you many of you know, a consultant is a professional who provides uh, expertise. He, he provides expert advice in an area, particular area, could be in the, in the finances, whatever area. That's a consultant. They consult that person to come and assist because he or she possesses expertise in that area. So in this case, it is spiritual and emotional expertise that we want God to provide when we are in trouble. It's a terrible uh, relationship to be in with God because God is consulted when it is convenient. God is consulted when it suits us. Often even the word that God would give is not even executed. It's not obeyed because if it makes me uncomfortable, if it, if it rocks the boat, even if I want to consult God, I want to consult with Him in my terms. He must, he must speak what I will agree with. But that's not how consultations happen. You believe in the person, the fact that they have the skills and the expertise required. So whatever advice they give you, you must listen to it. But in this particular relationship, most Christian people around today, God is invited. That's why you see people, when they are going through a certain patch in life, they come to church or they will call you. When that happens, when they do get that, whatever they were believing God for, or you give them a particular advice, in terms of how to navigate through a certain challenge, when that happens, when it's done, they go. What they want now from that point onwards is uh, to pay God for his services, then he must be dismissed. What a strange relationship to be in with God. What a funny relationship to be in with God. So, God must not speak uninvited in that relation. Now let's move on for a minute because I, I want to go somewhere with this. Now let's talk about the last one I mentioned. God is a spiritual messiah. It's a strange word there. Messiah, messiah, the French. So what is that person? What does that person do? It is a person who administers massage therapy on others. It's a massage therapy. Use their hands and elbows. I've been there once, twice. I've been there four times. <laughs> Amen. But I've been there. All right. So it's a person who administers massage therapy on others using hands, elbows, etc. 
Now in this particular relationship family, it's like when you have these spiritual knots in your life and emotional knots. So you want to go to God just to give, you know, come to church. There are people who come to church just for, just for worship. This is why we're going to be God worship. There are people who just get ministered to by song. Amen. So they come to the service. They just lift up their hands. You see them pouring out as worship, you know, uh, as they sing these beautiful songs. And, and something happens in their spirit. And something happens in their soul. As soon as they feel that they are okay, and the atmosphere was able to massage that particular area, then they are gone. Go and live their lives until another appointment with the Messiah. I'm not excited to miss you. Hallelujah. So I, I pray you understand this sermon. It is an awkward relation. How to awkward? It's an awkward relationship to be in. Now, let's talk about the relationship that God is restoring to the church. Not only here, this is supposed, it's what God is doing. It's what God is building. It's, it's, it's God restoring his church into a place of, of, of genuine relationship, a place of intimacy. A place of the secret place where you go in one man, you leave the secret place, a different man altogether. I get very confused by people who spend time in the secret place. They go one way and they come back still remorseful, still unforgiving, still short-tempered. There's something that the presence of God does to you. So God is restoring us to a certain relationship. God wants us to see him as a partner, out partner in a marriage covenant, out marriage covenant. In a marriage covenant, it's not just about me. I must be sensitive to the needs of my spouse. I must be sensitive to the needs and feelings of my wife. It is important. If I am not, it compromises the marriage itself. I am sabotaging my marriage if I do not pay attention to the little things, to the small signs that she shows me. I, my job is to be attentive to the small things, all small things. It doesn't have to be big things, but just small things. So God wants us to see ourselves as people who are in a marriage covenant with Him. Now, let me ask you this question. Do I have the capacity do you have the capacity to hate God in this type of relationship? Yes. In this type of relationship, you and I have the capacity to hate the partner in the relationship. We do. In this type of relationship, do I expect God to be offended 
by some of the things that I do. Yes, because it is a marital arrangement. So he will, as it is the case in this relationship, when I am in a marriage type relationship with God, I cannot expect God to be indifferent. Yeah. Not to care about, my, it's like if my wife were to go and come back the next morning. <laughs> Bad example, sorry. It's like if somebody's wife were to go and come back the next morning. And then when they come back, you just keep quiet. It cannot happen. No one can do that if you are safe. If the relationship is still healthy, it can happen. If the husband is also philandering, they don't care anymore. Whatever happens, happens. That happens too. You're just living under the same roof just for time's sake. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a real marriage. If I knew that God loved me, listen to this family. If I knew that God loved me, and he is jealous over me. Would I expect him not to be moved by what I do? If I knew that God is jealous over me, that God loves me dearly, that he is passionate about us in this relationship, that he wants me to be everything I am supposed to be, do I expect him not to be moved? by what I do. No. Surely God is moved by what we do. But if I am in a transactional relationship with God, these issues I never consider. Because it's all about me benefiting from Him. It's never about the other partner. We are in a marriage type relationship in community of property. That's the arrangement. It's in community of property. Hey, See, I've seen the pain in a woman's heart when they were betrayed. I've seen it. My late mother, for instance, I, I, I saw the pain in her heart when my late stepfather would betray him. Not once, not twice, not three times, many times. Often I would be angry on her behalf. But I've seen the pain, serious pain when a woman, a good woman, is betrayed by a man. The pain of betrayal family, you must never take it for granted. See, the word I am sorry. I am sorry, I say that within five seconds. Now I need to re-establish a reputation of 18 years. With I am sorry, I won't do it again. How long did that take? Less than, I don't know, seconds. In my mind, it's okay. I apologize. But the pain I have seen, the pain of betrayal and lies 
and hypocrisy. That pain is devastating. Not only to a woman, but also to a man. The pain of not receiving back what you invest in the relationship. What they call reciprocity. You invest in the relationship. You go out of your way to make it work. You invest. It seems as if the more you do, the less seems to be coming from the other side. The pain, the pain. Some of these things will not be vented. They say, but when someone goes, they sleep at night on their pillow and these things begin to play in their minds. The pain, family, of living with someone and they treat you as if they are doing you a favor by staying in the marriage. That's how we treat God. Let me repeat that. The pain of living with someone in the same house and they act as if you are doing them, they are doing you a favor by staying here. The pain of a good woman when she is insecure because the man will not affirm her. She, he had never said, you look beautiful today. I love your hairstyle. The pain, the pain, the pain. If we can see ourselves in a marriage relationship with the father, trust me, family, next time, by the time you leave this hall this morning, you will begin to tread very carefully. And uh, there's going to be something in your spirit, a desire to nourish the relationship, to build it again. The pain of a good man who became disabled in the marriage. Whatever, I don't know what happened. Either they had an accident or they get shot. Now the wife is running around and he can't do anything about it. And she worse, she even gets promotion at work. Now the gentleman used to be a great guy. He used to be so responsible. Something happens and his life, his spine just fails him. And he's stuck in the wheelchair. And the lady, because they got married young, she looks at him and says, I mean, we have like 40 more years. 40 more years with him stuck in the wheelchair. And then she begins to move around the pain. He can't do anything about it. There is pain in a relationship family that both parties feel. I want you to begin to identify with the pain that God feels when we break covenant. The pain of an unemployable woman. She's unemployable, you know why? Because she got married young and had to stay home and she invested her time and years taking care of her kids, cleaning the house. When he comes back, everything is ready. She invested all her time in the family. 
to the extent that she couldn't even develop herself. Now the husband looks down upon her and he disrespects her. And now he begins to see these managers and these CEOs and these big corporates. And the same woman who has done so much for him, suddenly she's now a nobody. The pain in that woman's heart. Often the time is it's even too late for her to do anything. She will remain in this marriage as a slave. Just so she can have some roof over her hair and food. And for the sake of her children, there is pain in relationships, family. Pain so real. Pain so powerful. The pain of a good woman who supports an unemployed man. She supports their kids. Yet he still cheats. He is ungrateful. Worse, which I've heard even McCobain this side. Worse, he even makes her feel guilty about it. It's like it's her fault that he is not a boy. Whatever that she tries is never good enough. The pain of that good woman. She wants this thing to work, but she's stuck in this relationship with a man who doesn't have brains. There are so much evils happening, by the way, within those walls. We are in a house without the Father. Because we are in a relationship. When the service is over, we are going home. When I lock those doors and it's you and your spouse. He gets heartbroken when you don't talk to him. When, when something happens, you know, we don't fight. But there are things that just don't, you know, that kind of, maybe he can make a short And for what's it, they can eat them and so should that happen when it happens I just you know I just keep quiet you know I just keep quiet I would give some indications that I am not happy but every relationship has got those things but before I move on here I want you to know Bazaar, those of you who are married there is no perfect marriage it does not exist. This one is not even perfect. Because you can have two imperfect people and have perfection. The equation is wrong. Imperfect plus imperfect does not give you perfection. What we have as God's people is what we call healthy marriages. Healthy marriages. Why are they healthy? Because we understand the principles of keeping the marriage in good condition. To communicate, to talk to each other. But to expect my wife, see, before I got married, I had a picture in my head. I would write things down, she must be. If she ticks 
all the boxes. Riba shata. Kulu mile goes. Nay, I'm sure she had her own list of a perfect gentleman. Her knight in shining armor. So we have to learn to live together with understanding. That's what the Bible says. Live together with understanding. Even today, I am not into He said, actually, he, he tells her. And, and he makes her feel that she is dispensable. I mean, you can just go. I don't need you. He may not say that in so many words, which is even more devastating. And, 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 and the signs and the language and the communication, you know, reading between the lines. You are com I'm communicating to my wife that you know there are there are beautiful women out there. The world, by the way, if I if I can just do study in cases, there are a lot of women in cases there. Like oh Lord. And he makes them know. He speaks in, 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 in code. Every day so that she gets hit. Now the pain of such a woman family, he hardly compliments it, hardly ever compliments it. Now these things hurt. If you are single, you won't experience this until you get married. But these things hurt. I got married with my wife when she was 22 years old. 22 years old. Because of that, my, my mother had someone else on her mind for me. The church had someone else on their mind too for me. I had 25 confirmations. No, I'm not I'm not exaggerating. By confirmations, I mean people coming at random number to say you and so and so. Something had happened. They turned my counter. And by the time I was like, no, oh, this is it. I would be a stubborn fool not to pursue this. But in my 
still serving him before I met him. I was, Lord God, I don't care how I feel. I want the woman who was preordained by God. The one when she was born, I was just next to her in the heavens. That one. I don't care about confirmations. I don't care about whatever. It's a long story. Now I discovered that she was the one. I'm not talking about the other one. But she is the one. Now, this is what I'm trying to address with you. So when I met my wife, she didn't have any stretch marks. She didn't just say, she had just finished grade 12 on her way to Howard College. It's in between. It's before she went to Howard College. 22 years old. Now, we get our first child, 15 months later, our second child. And then, because I had, I had preserved myself, I had preserved my energy. Amen. So when it did happen, it did happen. So I ended up with four children. Four children, five, four. Now, when my when her body begins to show the signs that she has been faithful and she has been good to me and given birth to these four amazing children, those stretch marks are badges of honor. Those are
See, it's not possible, Bazan. You, you, you will never share anything special with the Lord until you see Him as your covenant partner. You will never share anything intimate with the Lord. There is no commonality until you see Him as a marriage partner. And you will never see yourself hating him by whatever you do. Yeah. I, I pray you understand that, Bazalwan. You will never think that some of your actions hurt him deeply. If you walk around behaving as though you were single, you will never think that some of your actions hurt him deeply. That's why we have so much songs in the Bible. And somebody asks, why do you have that book in the Bible? We have Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Songs of Songs, Songs of Songs. It's a beautiful chapter in the book in the Bible. It says, my beloved speaks and says to me, arise my love, my beautiful one, and come away. For behold, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, the flowers appear on the earth, the time of singing has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree ripens its figs, and the vines are in blossom. They give forth fragrance. Arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away. O oh, my dove, in the clefts of the rock, in the crannies of the cliff, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. For your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. That's a call. If you are in a marriage relationship, it's a call to a sacred place. When I hear the voice of your love, he wants to hear the voice of his loved one. He invites us into his chambers so we can be intimate with him by way of prayer, but by way of worship, by way of deep worship with him. One on one, deep calling unto deep, where we pour ourselves out and we weep because we are so much in love with the Creator of our soul. You see, family, the challenge is this. I'm about to close, Mamchi. I see the, the time there. This is the challenge. Most people today, you see, we know God as El Kippur, we know God as the mighty God, the great warrior, God of war according to Isaiah chapter 9. We know him as El Haggadah, the great and awesome God in Hebrew. Deuteronomy 10. That's how we know him. So that's how we relate with him. We, we know him as El, El Shamayim, God of the heavens. Now because of that, we think God does not have any soft spot. We think God sits in the heavens unshakable. Of course, there is no creature, there is no kingdom that can move God or dare lift their hand against Him. But God has a soft spot. The most vulnerable spot in a relationship family is the heart. The most vulnerable area is the heart. So as much God is as much God is, a, is called El Shemayim, God of the heavens, the creator of the heavens, 
the first and the last. God has a soft spot. It's the heart. So I must protect my partner's heart and she must protect me. That's how it works in our relationship with God. I must protect his heart. I must ensure that he does not get exposed. I must make sure that he does not get because I love him. Because I love my wife. See, if she doesn't care how I feel about things, or if she overestimates my strength, like we do with God, this is why we can just do almost anything and think it's okay. If she overestimates my strength, or she does not know the area of my vulnerability, where I'm vulnerable, the relationship is compromised. Because she's going to do things thinking that I will be able to handle it. But I won't. She has overestimated. Because he prays. He prays a lot. He's a man of God. No. See, you are overestimating my strength. You are overestimating my masculinity and my ability to cope. I am strong. But I am weak here. If you hit me at the heart, I am weak. Do you realize what is the greatest pain you will ever experience is the pain caused by the person you love the most? Do you know how, how devastating that is? A random person can say something. They can, you know, just betray and you can cope with them. But it's right here. If the one who you hold on your bosom stabs you in the back, that hurts the most. That's how confused. That is the relationship you and I have with God. So we cannot just go philandering everywhere and believe that God will take it because his name is El Gibor. He is eligible indeed, but the people who have capacity to hurt him are his own children, his own people. So I want you never to underestimate the power that you have to hurt the creator of the heavens and the earth. That by the things that you and I do, we hate the Lord. We hate the Lord. God is almighty, is omnipotent, and all those things. But he, like all of us, he is the victim of love. He is the victim of jealousy. I said God is the victim of love like you and I. God is the victim of jealousy like you and I. He doesn't hold our relationship together with his strength. God does not employ his might and strength to hold my relationship with him together. It's my faithfulness to the relationship that holds the relationship together. For God, 
to hold our relationship together. He does not use the same power he used when he created the sun, the moon, and the stars. He does not use his muscles to hold our relationship together. It is my faithfulness that holds our relationship together. I'm almost done, family. The Lord is big. The Lord is glorious. No creature or kingdom dares do anything. But He is one. How to vulnerable. He's vulnerable. The person you are sitting next to, the person on your left, the person on your right, that is the only threat. If anybody is going to hate God, forget about the Nephilim, forget about the Luciferians, they don't do, do nothing to you. He flicks his fingers at this, they are done. Forget about any, any, any kingdom. The person with the ability to hate God are his own people. Oh, how we break the heart of the Father family. How we break the heart of the Lord daily. And the Bible says the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth. And it grieved him to his heart. The Bible said the Lord was sorry. Just give me five more minutes. The Bible said the Lord was sorry. The word sorry means he was grieved. In other translations it says, and the Lord repented. Wapenduk, he repented. It's like the word is sorry. He repented that he had made man. He was deeply grieved exceedingly sorrowful because of what man had done. Barcelona, only a human being, listen to this, only a human being is able to serve God grief. Only a human being. When Lucifer did what he did, no amount of pain in the heart of God, I think that wasn't even expected. He didn't he did nothing to him. It's only when Adam Offended that God felt it because Adam was made in his image and likeness and God loves men. So your sin, Basil, your sin and my sin offend God. That's the end of the matter. Your sin and my sin grieves God. But they rebel. And grieved his Holy Spirit. Therefore he turned to be their enemy. And himself fought against them. Let's stand, Bazaran. I want you to know that we are not in a, in a business relationship with the Father. We are not in a business transactional relationship with God, Bazaran. We are in a love relationship with him. See, he, he is deeply hurt if as, as a partner I sleep out spiritually, spiritually spend the night out and come the following morning. He's deeply hurt if I don't speak to him. What we call prayer. 
He is deeply hurt by those things. Every time from this onwards, from this time onwards, we push something that we know God does not approve of. I want you to know that God is sad. Now, Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. It is so unfortunate that we have the capacity more than any other creature that was ever made to offend God. More than any other being. The human race is the only species that has the power and the capacity to grieve the heart of the Lord. Father, we know that you are jealous over us. You are jealous over your people. We know that you are hurt when we do things we're not supposed to do. When we treat you as though you do not exist. When you are in the same house with us, but we, we treat you as if you owe us something by being in a relationship with you. We repent today. I want all of us, family, just, just repent. Just, just pray a prayer of repentance today. Wherever you are. For having had a relationship that did not point to the fact that we are in covenant with Him. So you just see what I'm referring to. Follow me repent this morning in Jesus' name. We repent, O oh God. We repent today in Jesus' name. We repent for having been an unfaithful spouse. For having played the harlot in the relationship. We go and we sleep around with demonic spirits and come, we want to come and be in the same bed as you. We go and sleep with every foul spirit. We hug and kiss and embrace with a spirit of lust. With every other foul spirit. And we expect you to Give us a big hug and behave and pretend as if nothing happened. And this we do day in and day out, months on end, years on end. Father, I plead the blood of Jesus upon my life. As your people pray for themselves, even those joining us on Zoom, just pray this prayer for me, just, just repent before God. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. But Father, after having repented and after having been washed, we pray that you give us a, a sound mind. A mind that tells us that we cannot keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect you to say, I forgive you. We understand that your grace is glorious. Your grace is without measure. But also as people in relationship, as much as I love my wife and I wouldn't expect her to forgive me 
When I come to him for the tenth time over the same thing, give us the same mind, Father, not to abuse the grace that we have received, but to treasure the relationship that we are part of. Where we fall, where we falter, by virtue of us just being mere human beings, you forgive us, O oh Lord. But I pray that no one in this place will deliberately go and break your heart, thinking that you will forgive because the Bible says we don't want to be the abusers of your grace. And so, Father, I pray for your people today in Jesus' name. That even as the week begins, I pray for your hand upon your people. Even as we say, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon your people. May this week be a week of growth again. May we advance again. May we experience you in a different way this week. We pray against freak accidents. We pray against premature deaths. We pray against every plan of Satan. We refuse it. We refuse anything that's been planned by the devil concerning our lives or our family or our, our spouses. We receive in advance your blessing. We receive in advance a miracle could be financial, could be physical. We receive in advance, Father, whatever that we have planned for your people this week. So, Father, as we go, we thank you. In the name of Jesus. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Let's give Lord a hand, family. Thank you so much. I want to thank those who joined us via Zoom. And via Facebook, we will see you again on Wednesday. In Jesus' name, amen.